Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the show that is thinking that maybe we need to make Sean like, you know, a permanent retiree. Not that he's <laughs> not that he's retired, but that he just keeps retiring over and over and over again. My, yeah. my name is Tosin and I am the host uh, based up in the Midlands in the UK. And joining me on the Isle of Wight, an uh, island of the coast of the UK, is Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Sean, do you want to tell us why it is that I think you're just a permanent retiree? You just you don't do anything but just well, keep retiring. Well, I was due to finish on the thirty first of August. So this they, is so this is they, you. You were working as a teacher. Yes, you were, work, you were working as a school. You retired, yeah. and then they brought yeah. you back. Then they brought me back, and then and I was going to retire again, but they've asked me. They came because of certain things that have happened. They they came and they said, they two people come and said do you think you could work September, please? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you want me? To... So anyway, so I asked them what would happen. They said, it'd still be okay. We're still, you'll, you, you know, you'll still get your pension and what have you and all that. But we just would really, really like you to work. You don't have to, obviously, if you've got other plans. <laughs> and I was like, I'm in an hour. And I said, well, what about all the people that gave me all the retirement gifts and the cards? And stuff? <laughs> Back again. Like, yeah, I can imagine. They'd be like, no, yeah. they, won't be, they won't be none too pleased, I don't think. <laughs> but they say, I thought you'd gone. So... But it is a bit of a it is a bit of a crisis, and they've been pretty good to me. So I said I said I would would give them another month. So um, I said I said what is it you want me to do? And they said to me, just be there, because <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of lot of sort of stuff to do. Like, and I mean, I know I know this sounds really really super big headed, but I'm quite good at, at and adaptable at doing lots of different things. So yep, whatever, yep. whatever I can fit into a lot of different roles, you know, whether it's, it's unlocking the school, like a caretaking role or driving role or teaching role or whatever they need, you know? So it's a case of Sean, can you, can you uh, do this? I'm like, yeah. And, and, and they, they know that I'll do it. You know I mean? It's not yeah. Like, without without yeah. any, without any, uh, so so yeah if, if you might have seen on our facebook page that we had and even on instagram we had pictures of what sean has been getting up to in retirement and the, <laughs> and, the and the toys that he was given and the yeah. gifts he was given in retirement and all that and now he's sort of walked out of the room walked out of the building one week and come back the next week going hey guys thanks for all the presents <laughs> <laughs> and i think i think it's it's definitely to say that they're not going to give you a third retirement <laughs> no 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 that's it you're gone now yeah. <laughs> but I think I think they'd be understanding under the circumstances. Yes, maybe, maybe, yes. maybe even quite pleased. Yeah, and Sean, you're, you're being a bit quiet about that, but it is actually a, a news story that hit the headline. The school that Sean uh-huh. was working at was in the national news for <laughs> for having a, a cyberware attack. Let's just put it that way: a cybercrime attack, which is which is making everything a bit interesting at the moment. Mm, but anyway. Sure. Moving on to films, which you should have a lot more time for. And judging by the films that you've brought to the table this week, Sean, you do have a lot more time for those. I do have, <laughs> yes. yes. You do have a lot more time for those. So, shall we kick off? And Sean, can you give us the litany of films that you have seen? Because oh, for those of us you who haven't heard the show before, what we do is that we go to the cinema and watch at least three films each week, or sometimes less, depending on what's available. And we watch similar number of things at home. And we rate them all out of five, and at the end of the at the end of the show, we say who has won this week, who has won the battle for our eyeballs. Has it been Netflix or has it been cinema? So uh, this week, Sean, let's kick off with cinema. What is, what <laughs> okay. is it that you have seen in the well, cinema? Well, this week at the cinema, I went to see The Courier. Yep. And I went to see Don't Breathe Two, 
Uh-huh. And I went to see Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe, Snake, snake, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Some, some, some Snake Eyes, Joe, So yeah, one of one of the GI Joe franchise movies. Uh, it's called Snake, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes. Yeah. Was any one of was was any one of these a preview screening? A preview screening? No, they none, none of these. They're all on general screen. release. They the was all on. They're all on general release. Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. But and last week, last week on the preview screening, I did see Free Guy. Free Guy. Uh, yes. I thought we'd save that. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're saving that for this week, and I have something to say about Free I, Guy and the yeah. man, a number of films that you get to see and all that. But anyway, <laughs> but um, and uh, so Sharon, what have you seen in the cinema this week? I went to see The Courier uh, at the cinema. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is the way these things work. So usually Sharon and I come in with our measly offerings, a bit, like, <laughs> a bit like you know Oliver. It's like I'm sorry, sir, I don't have any more. Yeah, I've only got one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, was I'd... a bit annoyed actually because there's a couple of films I did intend to see, mm-hmm. and I saw that they had three or four screenings, which normally indicates that they may go over another week and have one screening mm-hmm. a day. And I was expecting one to carry over, and it didn't. So I just thought, oh, yeah. and a film that I did not expect to carry over did, <laughs> mm. and mine got dropped. So I was just thought, oh, goodness well, sake. So, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I missed I agree. a couple that I wanted to see. Yeah, I, I agree, Sharon, because I really wanted to see that one about the, the, the vampire. I was really... I yeah. Thought that would, I thought that, yeah, I thought the boys from County Hell, I thought that was going to carry over, and I thought, oh, I'll catch it this week. But And I was really, really disappointed when it didn't, because I really would like to watch that. So, which which was the film that got pulled that you didn't get to see, Sharon? I wanted to see because again, there are not many. It is um, aimed at ladies. Um, it was called "The Last Letter from Your Lover." Oh yeah. yes, 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 that one. And it literally had three screenings for one week. I thought normally if they show it three times in a day, hmm. they expect it to have a certain amount of a take up. So I thought, oh, it might carry over as it's been getting a bit more publicity. Uh, but no, this week it has. It's not there. Okay, cool. And I, um, because I'm only, uh, well, uh, with with life and everything like that, I limit myself to a film a week at the cinema. And I got to see Free Guy this week, which Sean had seen last week in a preview screening. And because, and this is going to be like my weekly rant about the View Cinema Reddit. And, <laughs> and why, I don't understand why a cinema on the Isle of Wight can get, you can show some smaller movies, interesting movies like Boys from County Hell. But you, your view, you're big, you're in a bigger town. And all I get is the obvious blockbuster stuff. Mm-hmm. Including stuff that I would have thought would have left the cinema already, but still, but is actually still there. So, the films that I have not seen that we've reviewed that haven't even shown up here, that I haven't seen hide or hair of them. No, Stillwater, Stillwater. Oh, never that came made and it. went again. I wanted to see that. That was the other that one I wanted good. to yeah, see. That was good. That was good. And didn't come over. I would have thought that'd be carried over another mm. week. Yeah. No, one week only. No, 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 it didn't even show up here. Did not, did not see Hyderhead with that film. It's like if you hadn't told me and you hadn't reviewed it, I would not have known it was released. I would have, I would have been sitting here going, "Oh yeah, mm. there was that film I heard about my dad. Why hasn't it been? Why hasn't it come out yet? Wasn't released. I mean, I think Boys from County Hell didn't show up. So, and I think uh, Sean, you okay? Let's see. I've got to look through the films that Sean mentioned that he's seen this week. Okay, we do have Don't Breathe too. But it's just headline stuff. It's like mm. if it's big, so free guy. We've okay. I, I got to see that. The Forever Purge is still on t- on on the screen. What really? Yes, oh. yes. 
the fur from Freddy's still on screen there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's, I, I, it's just kind of like, I'm like, why don't you give give me something interesting? Give me something a bit different. Like, you watch a, okay, Snake Eyes is there. Oh, Space Jam. Space Jam is still on. <laughs> oh, Space Jam is still on there. I can't believe it. Oh, there's a film called Reminis- Reminiscence. Reminiscence of Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah that's Jackman. weird. Okay, that, that's coming. So, but it's, so yeah, it's 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 my weekly rant saying that why don't they show more things? I need to go speak to the manager or something and go, hi, yeah, any chance of like you know a small film that you know <laughs> that I might not get to see for a while? But anyway, anyway, all right, cool. So with that, um, what have we seen at home? Let's go to the Netflix side of things, Netflix and friend side of things. So Sharon, what have you seen? I saw a film on Amazon Prime called Boss Level. I thought you might like this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like Boss Level. What with Gra- Frank Grillo's granite Frank face. Grillo. <laughs> Frank Grillo's granite face pastered all over your Amazon profile. Wasn't I mean, yeah, show, like, I mean, what's on this week? But yeah. I've got a winner. <laughs> it, it's kind of like it, it, that, that. That's as good as for Sharon. That's as good as just putting like a press me, press me, Alice yeah. in Wonderland buttons. Like click me. <laughs> that's that's clickbait. That's it. <laughs> Frank Grillo's face. Your definition of clickbait. All I need is, is a screenshot of Frank Grillo or Mads Mikkelsen, and I'm there. Yeah, but, yeah, with with a play button on their face, and you're just like, oh yeah, yes, please. I, even, I bet you didn't even read what the film was about. You, you just. Really? <laughs> Didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Sure. What have you seen at home? Um, I saw a movie on Sky called Run, Hide, Fight. Ooh. Hmm. Okay, cool. I don't know whether this film could be like, but good title. I like the title. <laughs> I, 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 I went a little bit old school. I went a little bit old school. So I think we have four things in the cinema. So um, got, uh, uh, if I may, I'll bring two things that I've seen at, at home that I would actually like quite like to talk to. I went a little bit old school with my with my choice, and I went to see. Um, I went to see. Uh, no, I, did, I don't. Went, I saw at home sneakers. A 1992 movie. Sneakers. 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 This is a film that I... This is a film I had heard about from when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid in Nigeria, people had spoken about it. I'd heard about it. I heard things about different things. I think I'd seen maybe one scene from it, but I'd never actually watched the whole thing. So, and I and, uh, I switched on Amazon Prime and they were like, this film only has 30, 34 days left. I was like, well, I guess that's what I'm going to do with my Saturday morning then. <laughs> and I watched, watched Sneakers. And the other thing I want to talk about is I've been watching it. Pretty much, I started it around about the beginning of lockdown, and it took me until about the end of lockdown to finish watching it. And it's a TV show called I May Destroy You. Mm. Ah, yes. I yeah. know of it, but I haven't seen it myself. I May Destroy so You. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, let us kick off with, let's, uh, actually, I should have been writing out what films we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're talking about. But let's kick off with... I'm going to say Free Guy. I'll try to, uh, okay. because I mean, Sean, cool. you pretty much, you've seen everything that we've seen. So, so yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You so, go ahead. Yeah, yeah we've seen, seen everything that we've seen. So we'll kick off with Free Guy and we'll talk about this. So uh, we give ourselves five minutes of film and see what we can do with that. Uh, so Free Guy stars Ryan Reynolds as a character called Guy who is in this, who is in a town called Free City. And, um, 
he he works in a bank and he does the same thing every day goes to the bank and he's wondering you know you, you see him kind of talking about how is anything is there anything to life it becomes very much apparent that he is in a video game and he's in a grand theft auto type video game and he's just one of the what they call npcs as a non-playable character so if you've ever played a video game if you play super mario brothers he's like a goomba he's just somebody who's in the background and in in today's in the way the things work because i've never played grand theft auto auto myself but i've seen people play in it and it's essentially people walk around in grand theft auto and you you just commit crime you steal this car you shoot this person you kill that mafia boss that that's what happens in it and so he's just he, and for him from his point of view he's like i live in the best city in the world and oh, all the people who wear glasses they are real heroes they're the ones who go around and they do on all these adventures and the people who wear glasses are the players who are coming in from the real world logging into this online video game and are going around doing all their missions and all that and it's then one day he starts he starts sort of like it, he doesn't know he's a program he doesn't know that he's a video game character but he starts wondering if there's more to life and whether maybe maybe I could do something different from what the same thing I do every single day and he starts breaking out of the routine and there is one scene where he goes to this um he goes to this cafe and he requests a coffee and he has the same coffee every day everybody in this cafe has the same thing every day and one day he says could I have a cappuccino and everybody's like what and they'll look like him like what 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 are you looking for what's a cappuccino and he's like okay no no i'm just i'm just kidding and so it goes on and then you get to meet jody coma's character who is a player of the game who comes into the game and so and he he sort of like gets enamored with her starts following her everywhere and she's trying to find this little thing within it because it turns out that she's a programmer who wrote a, a video game at one point the company that made Free City bought a video game and she thinks that she got ripped off. Like they've used her game for something without, and she's trying to find evidence of that within the game. So that is the basic premise of it. And it's pretty much becomes like, you know, uh, fulfill my destiny, uh, hero's journey kind of thing. Going from, going from this person being a background character to becoming something more than that. So Sean, what did you think of this? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. This film is Quite, had, had some really, really quite um, amusing moments in it, and a couple of there was there was a few cameos as well, weren't there? Yeah, there's a oh, few yeah. cameos. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, with you know, mum. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know the bit, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I know and, the bit, yeah. And there was a bit, and I liked it from the bit. There's like um, a couple of young girls, and they're in the game like that, and there's a little <laughs> girl sat on the side. She goes. Well, <laughs> anyway, I won't say what it says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit. It's cut. It's cut, and that is. So well done. I thought that it, was it just is, so. It, it, it is well. Essentially, the the film has quite a bit of fun with. It does when, real like fun, like yeah. when you go online, you don't have a clue who people are. So you mm. see what you see what people look like in the game, and then it cuts to the real life and it shows yeah. you who is actually there. So you have bits where you have like you know some big big uh, like you know badass bank robber who's like coming on like, like using all this language, and you come back to the real world and you realize that it's like an eight year old girl who is actually <laughs> doing that. So, yeah, so the yeah. film has fun with that. Yeah. So there's yeah. So so yeah. I, I thought there was some some really really good moments in this, um, and uh, I, I really liked the the way it sort of went on because it moves on more with the cappuccino when they say about you know yep, you're saying yep, about yep, the coffee yep, yep. You know, the, the character they're like oh oh you know this character's starting to so and and i liked all the youtube bits and you know all the all the social media stuff yes yes about, also, oh, that yeah. was that, that that was brilliant um so yeah i thought it was a uh and i really liked the the program the i the program when it was found the program if you know the oh, yeah, 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 yeah i thought yeah. that was really really clever i thought that was smart 
And yeah, so on the whole, I thought this was a, a really good, fun movie. And yeah. it surprised it surprised me, you know, I mean, it was a it was a sort of surprise in it, but I really because I had I was a bit skeptical about it. But I have to say, I, I really enjoyed this film. It was yeah, great. Uh, there was enough in there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, I have to agree with you because it's uh, I've, I made the comment last week that this is a film I feel that I could have reviewed from the trailer. And some of that is true, but some of it is not so true. There, there, were, there were bits in it that did surprise me. There mm. were bits in it that I did think, okay, well, that's different. And for a film that's pretty much a remake of Wreck-It Ralph, because, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because if you think about it, it's kind of like, and uh, for instance, with this film, because my era of gaming is kind of like 80s, so when I was watching Wreck-It Ralph, I was like recognizing all these background characters, like, oh my God, Paperboy! And Wreck-It Ralph is this sort of like jukebox of, of, like, of classic yeah. 1980s video gaming. And I, and I reckon that there's bits in this that somebody who plays modern games, like whether you play Fortnite or whether you play Grand Theft Auto, there's probably bits where you're going to watch it and you're going to go, oh my God, look what they did! And there's references to that that I didn't get because I have <laughs> no, never no, no. played Fortnite. I've never played Grand Theft Auto. And, and they even they even have bits like when the, the scenes, there's numerous scenes where people are talking in the foreground and in the background you can see somebody doing like typical video game play like walking into a wall repeatedly and then coming back <laughs> yeah, and, walk, yeah, yeah. and then jumping on the spot and that's then jumping me. again that's me that's me that's me that's me to a t that was <laughs> yeah yeah and, uh, and it's, it's kind of you can see you can essentially see the fact that there's some player in the in the real world playing this game that doesn't quite know what they're doing and they have all these sort of little things in the background i think that that's quite good but yeah so but as i said it is pretty much so if you took wreck it ralph as a treasure trove of video games from the 80s and arcade video games. This is almost kind of like the, the same for the new version of it. But the, the, the storyline is kind of basic. Like, computer program, like in Ralph, in Ralph, he knows he's a computer program, but he thinks, why do I always have to be the bad guy? I want to be the hero. And in this, Guy has a, goes on a very similar journey. But with all those things, I was quite impressed. I was quite impressed with this film. I was like, this is a lot better than I thought it would be. There are some bits of it, and I think it also, for the reason, the fact that this is a computer program, and it sometimes these films can just kind of go, ooh, why has a computer program all of a sudden started behaving differently from its original programming? And sometimes people just go, well, magic! Mm. Like, like Short Circuit, like, like Johnny Five. Why is Johnny Five alive? Ooh, <laughs> magic! But in this, they actually, they actually put in, without trying to explain it too much, they put in, for me, a good reason as to why all of a sudden a computer program starts behaving differently from what you're supposed to be doing. And I thought, I thought it was quite good. I mean, Taika Waititi shows up as the bad guy, bad mm. sort of like, Mark, uh, sort of like, think Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or something like that. Essentially tech boss guy. And he comes in and he just, he just Taika Waititi's all over the place, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> he Taika Waititi's all over the place. And it's, uh, it, it, there's some bits where I think it goes a bit overboard, but nah, it, it, either way, but it, all in all it works. I think I would have to give this, I would think a high three. It's a high, it's not quite a four for me. It, I was surprised with it. It was way better than I thought it would be. And I think it's a great entertaining watch. Yeah. So I, I think I'll give it a three. Yeah. And for me, I would totally agree with you. I would give it a really, really high three. There was enough in there to make it fun, make it interesting. And yeah, it was, it was a good, good high three for me. Yep. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, nice to know we agree on something. So, so, so free guy. Yeah, that that is free guy. And now we go back to um, Netflix and friends. And Sharon, would you like to take us into what it is that you saw this week? I yes, on Amazon Prime, I saw a film called Boss Level, <laughs> which does 
tie in quite well with the previous film, as in it, it is does. almost constructed like uh, a video game, um, where you have this sort of. It's one of those we've we, you talked about this before, Tozen, that there is like a subgenre of films, the time slip film. Yes, yes, I, and I, it, the Groundhog Day time loopy whatever it is, but you just keep reliving the same day over and over again. And this starts off with that premise sort of joined into like a video game type thing. So basically Frank Grillo's character, he wakes up every morning with the sound of a scream and someone trying to kill him. And as the days progress, he actually has got his timings down. So he knows like you know, to duck this blow, to dodge that bullet, to, to dump, to scoot out of the way of this particular vehicle or or everything because basically he doesn't know why but he wakes up with the whole world trying to kill him and he spends his day basically staying alive and then he gets to a certain point where he thinks he starts working things out or like what has led to this point why is he in this situation that the whole world is trying to kill him and in particular there's a group of assassins who have these sort of comic book style ways of one of them has got like a harpoon gun another one's a dwarf with a really you know <laughs> bad, bad tempered dwarf yeah one of them is like a, a high kicking sort of young female ninja type um assassin with a blade who keeps you know chopping him into bits basically whenever she gets him and so he his his mission in life is basically to survive and he's never got past like 1 34 in the afternoon that's as far as he's ever managed to survive no matter how many days he's redone it he never gets past this one point and then he he obviously has this revelation and then he tries to work out what the problem is and then he identifies basically what's behind it all so it's a sort of a game and it's a mystery and it's frank grillo just doing what he does okay which is punching kicking and every now and then forgetting to put his shirt on (laughs) (laughs) hey 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 uh, i've got to be honest with you i I think because i look at frank grillo and i look at the man must be in his 50s now or something he's in his 50s now yeah yeah it must be so i think hey if you can keep that until your 50s Fair play to you to get, yeah, keep your shirt off. That's what that's what I say. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, so what did you think of Boss Level? Yeah, I thought it's it was entertaining. Sometimes for me, the humor was a little bit broad, as in when people get killed in sort of inventive ways. I don't find that particularly up my street. Yeah. So, and some of the the, the one liners again were a little bit broad for me, a little bit you know a bit obvious, whereas. So there's nothing subtle about this film. I don't think you go into a film school boss level looking for subtlety. And so it didn't deliver any subtlety. <laughs> but it had a surprisingly good cast, as well as Frank Grillo. We've got Naomi Watts, we've got Mal Gibson, and then there's a whole host of other sort of martial artists who appear up there who sort of pop up. And you'd go, you know, fair dues. They've obviously, you know, um, put the work in. And they've yeah. delivered... It's it it quite an entertaining plot. I mean, I watched this with my brother. So we both were... I got to the point where it kept saying like day, it started off like day 55 and then it went to like day 45 and it kept carrying on through all the different days. And after a while we said, oh, it's not going to do this all the way through, is it? And then it did actually progress. So that made sense. So I thought it was fun. It was mindless to a certain degree. I mean, you didn't have to overthink it. Um, all of these, all of these time slip things. <laughs> had a reason for the time slip and the time loop. Mm-hmm. It, it explained that. 
um, with this thing, the, the MacGuffin, as it's called. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The MacGuffin. And yes, so it was, yeah, and it was. It, it had a few surprises in there, so that was good. So, yeah, I thought it was entertaining. It is what it is. I don't think it had any um, hidden depths or meaning of life in it, other than, yeah, he's a bill. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, here's so, a film. We hope you enjoy it. We'll see you next week with another one. And <laughs> and if and if it and if it's on Amazon, it's probably going to be another time loop film because this film this film came out. And you know when I I've I've reviewed two films this year. One of them was The Map of Tiny Perfect Things, and the other one was Palm Springs, which are both on Amazon Prime. They were done as Amazon Prime exclusives, and they're both time loop films. And I said that Amazon seemed to be to be trying to carve a little corner of the streaming world for themselves, which is we do time loop films. And then I see Boss Level comes shows up, and I'm like, oh, Boss Level, that's a video game gaming term. Then I watch the trailer, and I'm like, oh, good lord, what? <laughs> and it for, for what just what just seemed to be like a throwaway line for me actually now seems to be the truth that they are trying to be the home of the time loop film because they've done another this is another amazon exclusive they it's a time loop it's and i'm like what is going on here i i wanted i want to see the business meeting where they come up with this thing going guys we can be the people people know they come to us for time loop things you want to have time to think <laughs> Amazon. Uh, this could be our thing. <laughs> this could be a People would think it's the same day over and over again, just like one of these films, because we've got another time loop film. Another but, one. Yes, yeah. yeah, so, but okay. So, how many stars would you give Boss Level? I would give it. You know, it's. I give it a three. Okay. I don't think it. I don't think it would probably pretend aspire to be anything more than that, really, if it could think. Um, so I would just say, yeah, it's a three. But uh, I liked right. it. Uh, okay, cool. Okay, now I have to ask you this: What do you expect from a Frank Grillo film? See, as um, your Frank Grillo fan, um, punching, kicking, <laughs> um, shooting, a lack of shirts in the several scenes, <laughs> and occasionally that sort of look. He has a look. Oh, so that's it. And so occasionally the smolder. Oh, yeah, he's got that. Yeah, smolder. Yeah, the, the Grillo smolder. All right, cool. <laughs> like Doctor Smolder Bravestone or whatever it is, the Rock from, from Jumanji movies. <laughs> okay, so um, so. Uh, so you, th- you see that th- so this film delivered seems to deliver on a lot of those levels yeah i thought it was fun it was entertaining i could watch it with my brother without going oh no don't do that um so yeah it <laughs> no it was fine i mean it was it, but it wasn't yeah it was it is what it is it, i think it right it, it rose to its levels which was, it was good for its if it's type of film so so you wouldn't think you wouldn't say that oh, this was this is beneath frank grillo's amazing talents or anything like no, that. no no i think it, it he plays to his strength you know if you need punching he's gonna punch someone <laughs> what was it what did he play in the avengers movies was he like shot dead, dead no, stone. no it was crossbones crossbones, crossbones that's it yeah yeah, it was yeah. Crossbones. I, I do think i feel like he was horribly underused i, I, I do I, as well i think i think he was horribly, <laughs> I, I, I think I think it was already underused. I, mean, I feel I feel like they could have done more with crossbones. I, that, that's one and of those people who I'm like, oh man, yeah. For me, he was in the best of the Purge films, so he must admit he was in yeah. the, the Purge. Yeah, films. definitely. Yeah, but, but, but okay, never mind, never mind. Anyway, so <laughs> I, just, I just thought if, if he was in it, so you would think it was the best. But, but never mind. Um, all right, cool. So I have so many questions about this Frank Grillo. Okay, but think about this, Sharon. While we go back to Sean, and Sean gives us another uh, review, think about is there any such thing as a five-star Frank Grillo movie? All right. <laughs> and, and Sean, we will go back to you now. There's we probably go back- one. 
<laughs> can I have a guess? Can I have a guess what it is? Yes. Wheelman. Wheelman? No. I think it's called Wheelman. No. no, okay. no the, 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 my guess at a five-star Franquilla movie is Warrior. You've got it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> because <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's my guess as a five-star. And he's not the main star in it, but he's a, he's a big part of it. And yeah. that was, I think that was the first time I actually really noticed him. So anyway, right. We'll go back to cinemas. And Sean, with this is uh, one of the many things that you've seen this film this week in the cinema. We're going to go to Don't Breathe 2. Don't Breathe 2, yes. So, so now Don't Breathe 2, this, the fact that this has a sequel, I'm actually kind of happy about this because the first one wasn't really a big noise film. And it was no. a film that I actually, I haven't seen yet, but I really wanted to by the same thing. I couldn't find it in the cinema when it was released, first of all. And the fact that there's a number two has made has had me scrambling around, trying to find somewhere to watch the first one <laughs> before I watch this one. So all, all I know about the first one is that there's these three teens break into a guy's house and the guy's, the, the guy's blind, so they think it should be easy to rob. But it turns out that he is some sort of crazy sensei martial arts um old school military person who has pretty much booby trapped his house and he knows all the sounds in his house and so if they step on that floorboard he knows exactly where they are and so they think they're, they're rubbing someone who's an easy to get to and he ends up to be like you know almost sort of like some sort of horror bad guy because yeah, yeah. the guy even though he's blind he knows where you are in the house and he, he i think the house goes on lockdown and he gets them so with that being the case i figured that that's like a very nice contained story for one film what happens in Don't Breathe 2? How do they kick things off again? Okay, Don't Breathe 2. It's a slightly different film from the first one because I've actually seen the first one. Um, and basically, it's a story of... It's the same guy, the blind yep. guy, yep. but he's sort of got this this girl that is his daughter and he's really, really protective of her. So he um, he trains her to... She, she must be about 11 or 12, I guess. And he, he trains her to... He, he doesn't want her to go to school. He doesn't want her... But he's, he's training her with... The, you know dogs running away from dogs and and what to do and how to hide and everything like that and she says one day can i go to town and there's like a an ex lady ranger so who takes it takes her to town and she she goes and visits visits her house where her, her mother died so and then on the way back she she stops off at a, a gas station and there's a creepy dude that's like oh you know you're you're nice and all that anyway gets goes home and then these bunch of people, which are like organ harvesters, if you like, oh, they yeah, decide, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So they decide that that's that's what they. Or there's there's a doctor. There's a thing on the news that says, oh, you know, oh, there's been another another organ harvest sort of thing. Anyway, so it turns out that these big bunch of people they turn up at the they find out where this girl lives, which just happened to be there, and obviously sort of that th- they want the girl, so they go in. Um, and she obviously does her bits of hiding and keeping away and stuff and everything like that. And then it, then it, from there, the story goes, it goes, shall we say it, it sort of becomes a bit of a, a bit of a home invasion thing, you know, yep, so yep, m- yep. M- much like, much like the other one, but obviously she's, she's quite au fait. So she, she's been sort of well-trained. So, and she manages to, to avoid them. And then of course you get the, the, then the old Steven, boy, the old boy, the old boy just Stephen Lang there. shows up. Yeah, you've got, you've got, you've got, uh, you know, like all of a sudden you've got these, these, this jumpy shot of like, whoa, whoa. But anyway, it so happens that they actually manage to to get the girl. I won't say what they do then, but and but, I mean, it's really, really, it's quite cliched how he actually manages to find the 
being blind and all that. And it's quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot because, of like, you know, the story is like, okay, what are you going to do? You're blind. Yeah. Okay. I can understand this. I can understand how you could get to this place, but then how could you get to this place that you don't know? And knock the yeah, lights yeah, off. Because, you know what I mean, know where the electric box is. So it's like, doof. yeah. So, you know, and then obviously you can imagine where it goes from there. So, what well, yeah, so, because because the first one I think if, in my head even just the concept worked because it was in his house mm-hmm. it was in his yeah. house he'd set the place up and that could that could actually work yeah 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 so so th- with this second one obviously whenever you do a sequel you've got to expand it or you've got to do it and you you, yeah. you can't have it can't be oh so more people try and invade his house and then he gets them yeah. so yeah. so so they, they they do go down that road is what you're saying they they do go down that road where it's in a different place but I mean. I guess you can forgive that, but it's just, you, you know, if, the, if you're like in a big abandoned place and you've just happened to be just as something really, really rather nasty is going to happen, the lights suddenly go out, you know, it's like, right, okay. Oh, right. All the lights have gone out. Check it out. Check it out. What's gone? You know, electricity's gone off. So obviously you can imagine what the, the story is after that. Um, yeah. So I have to say, yes, this film is very cliche. I had a couple of issues with it. It's very, very bloody and violent. A bit, I think it's a bit like the, the Rambo-esque thing that Sharon doesn't like. So I don't know if it would be Sharon's cup of tea because it is quite gratuitous violence. You know, there's, um, it's quite, quite nasty. But I think it's really, really, really well acted. Um, um, especially especially the, the little girl. She's, she's really, really good in the role. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can have the but she she's quite convincing as being quite knowledgeable, you know, quite, uh, what can we say, you know, look, knows how to avoid things, look after herself and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. sort yeah, of stay out of the way, you know. Um, so that that's, that's uh, yeah, I mean, it was okay. Cliched, bit violent, bit bloody. So, but on the whole, I could be a little bit forgiving than like, you, you, I mean, it's set up. There's something that happens right at the very beginning of the film where she's being trained. It's a bit like the diving thing, you know, in the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? It's a bit in, like yeah. that. And you think... Wait, wait, you, know, wait, you think she, that, that's, that's extremely convenient. She, she's running stuff and it's just like, oh, right, okay. So, yeah, that's that's that sort of plot, you know, the, like, at the beginning. And you think, right, okay, yeah. I can see where this is going. <laughs> for, for, for anybody listening and wondering what Sean means by the diving thing, he's talking about a moment that we all thought was quite convenient in, um, in A Quiet Place 2. Quite close to, yeah. Yeah, that was quite It was one of those moments. But yeah, it wasn't, I mean, wasn't too bad. I didn't hate it. I didn't huff and puff and cross my legs and, and huff and puff. So I'm going to have to say this This will be a three star for me. This This will be a three star. So right. yeah, just, a, yeah, it was a, a, a okay watch. We might be getting a low key franchise developing there. Yeah. <laughs> a a low key franchise <laughs> developing. All right, cool. So, and now we go back to home, go back home with Netflix and friends. And uh, we have the film Sneakers. Now, as I, I was explaining a little bit beforehand, that Sneakers is a film that I heard a lot growing up. I heard about growing up in Nigeria. And, but I never saw it. I never got to see it and everything like that. And so I actually got to see this film. And this stars Robert Redford. It has quite a good cast with Robert Redford, St- Sidney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd. River Phoenix. I mean, it's. I was going to say a young River Phoenix, but I mean, the truth is, River Phoenix died so young that every single film performance you see of him <laughs> is is a young, a young River, River Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. And so River Phoenix, Mary McDonnell. Oh, Mary McDonnell, love that woman. And um, and David Strathen, David Strathen, who watching this film because this film was released in 1992. 
It made me. He wonder. hasn't changed, has he? He looks exactly the same. <laughs> it makes me wonder. It's a bit like there's an actor called Wilford Brimley who has been playing an old man since he was thirty or something like that. And it made me wonder: Has David Strathairn ever been young? Because <laughs> yeah, because he just he looks like essentially you could you could if you wanted to do a sequel to Sneakers and you wanted to bring David Strathairn out to play the same to play Whistler again. You could just roll him right out, and it would. <laughs> nobody would bat an eyelid because he looks exactly the same. I mean, David Stratham just doesn't. He doesn't age, but I'm not sure he was ever young. And so, yeah, it has. And the whole idea of this film is a film that, when I watched it, in, bearing in mind this was made in 1992, I was kind of shocked because a lot of the things it's talking about in the film are so relevant to today about surveillance, about that. So Robert Redford plays the head of this group of guys who, well, it starts off with a with a throwback to when he was in school in the 70s and how he and a friend of his, Cosmo, had figured out this whole thing and how they could get into like internet, into computer things and they could gra- gra- grab in, go into the computers and they could move money around from one place to another. So they, it starts off with them going to Richard Nixon's personal bank account and making like, you know, <laughs> Uh, make, making a, a, a donation from Richard Nixon's bank account to like you know uh, Planned Parenthood or something like that or so, to very non-Republican sources that one of them gets arrested the other one doesn't and oh I have to say the casting the casting for the young version of Robert Redford and his friend are spot on because later in the film when when you see Robert Redford you see this guy, you go, this guy looks like a young Robert Redford with a mustache on without them casting Brad Pitt Sean because I know oh, right. you, okay. I, I know you are convinced that's my that Brad, theory that's my yeah, your theory is yeah. that Brad Pitt is secretly Robert Redford's son but, <laughs> but I think that the casting was brilliant for the young versions of these characters that you go for in the future and what he does is that he now uses his skills He's, uh, he now uses his skills to break into break into banks and show banks where their weaknesses are and says, look, you're vulnerable here, 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 here. And two guys show up claiming to be from the NSA and they say, we need you to, we need you to steal this thing from this person because this guy is developing it for other, um, for other, uh, because this was at the height, uh, it was, it was kind of like, you know, the Cold War had just recently ended, but even there's this whole thing running through the film. It's like, okay, it's ended, but it hasn't really ended. And so there's mm-hmm. still spies all around the place. And there's, there's this still come, the, all these countries are still spying on each other. And we need this thing because it's going to help us give us an edge. So they go, they do it, they have a heist. And that's where I think a lot of films might end. But then he goes on and goes, okay, no, there's a little bit more here. We, the, we're not sure who it is we did the heist for. We're now in trouble. We're all going to be, in, we're, we're all going to be hunted down. We've got to figure this thing out. We've got to clear our name. We've got, and it ends up being like a very, it's, it's like an espionage thriller. That's what it is. It's, it's a corporate mm. espionage thriller. And I just, I, I was really impressed with this film. Not just because, I, I think it's actually a clever film. It's a clever film. Everything that goes into it, like the way they sort of work things out. It, oh, apart from, there was a bit where they figure out that somebody's lying about something because one, one character goes, oh, there's no way a computer would have matched this woman with that guy. And so, like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like you can, you can see that the, the time when we thought, oh, computers can do everything and computers are just amazing and computers are pretty much bored. <laughs> there, there's, there's a little bit of that in there. But when you think about this, there's a bit where one character has a, he has a, a, a monologue, he has a speech about how 
the war is no longer being fought with bullets. It's all about information. And whoever mm. gets information is the one who has the upper hand. And I'm like, this was 1992. So, they, yeah, they made nice. this in 1992. Yeah. And now you come to now, it's the information age. And that's exactly what he's talking about. It's not about, you talk about countries like Russia co- going and influencing American elections because they have more information. And if they can get access to this information, they can hack things and they get, and you're just kind of like, good God, this was 1992. So I was really impressed with this film. I think everybody is on the top of their games and it has one of those things where you have an ensemble cast and everybody has their role everything fits and they just bounce off each other and I and I, when we talk about people being criminally underused we're talking about Frank Grillo I think Mary, <laughs> I think Mary McDonnell Mary McDonnell that woman I think is underused in everything mm. everything that she's in apart from Basta Galactica the woman yeah. is underused she needs to be used more she needs to be in more things throughout her career now put her in more things because the woman is brilliant and so yeah all in all I, I loved my sort of retro watch of sneakers I think it's a film that still stands up heavily today I would give it a 4 out of 5 mm. Mm. I agree I saw it at the cinema the first time round yeah and there are some scenes I still remember the whole, you know, say passport or something. You know, that whole, um, <laughs> yeah. is my passport. And is that Ned Ryerson from the old um, Groundhog Day? It is Ned Ryerson, yeah. Steve, Stephen Tobolsky. Yeah. Tobolsky, Tobolsky. I've never actually heard that name pronounced out loud. But, no. but, I always yeah. think of him as Ned Ryerson. Ned. Yes, yes, yes. So. It, it, it is him. And, and it's, it's funny seeing like, people in that who play like smaller roles. They're like, oh my God, it's Donald Logue. He ended up being. He, I, I, I think Donald Logue ended up being in Gotham. He's like a. He's a. He's a detective in Gotham. In, mm. in the ah. Gotham. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, look at him. Oh my God, he looks so young. Unlike David Strathen, who looks exactly the same, but has never looked, young, <laughs> never looked younger day in his life. <laughs> but all right, cool. So that is sneakers. Four stars for sneakers. And now we go over to the Courier. And now Sharon, you want to take us away and tell us what the Courier is about? This is what you saw in the cinema. Yes, this is based on true events, um, set in 1960. It starts in 1960 at the height of the Cold War when uh, Kennedy is president and Khrushchev. Khrushchev is, yeah. is the leader of the um, Soviet Union and he is a man of hot temper and um, the poor judgment <laughs> and he basically really ramped up the whole nuclear arms race especially with the Russians and he was intent almost on like baiting the Americans and the idea was basically that um, the, the Americans had had nuclear weapons in Europe, and so Khrushchev was going to put nuclear weapons in Cuba. And obviously, this has ramped up the tension around the world. And so there was a desire, basically, for information, as we've said before, about espionage. And this was in the days of espionage, where um, it's it's people. It isn't just it is part of information has to be literally by, from hand to hand. Yeah. And a, someone high up in the Soviet Politburo has decided that he can't tolerate this escalation to what possibly could be a war, a global war. And so he has decided that he was wants to help the West in basically weakening Khrushchev. And so he has said, I will give you information. And so then the security forces, the MI5, MI, MI6 and the CIA have got to find a way of getting the information out of Russia into Britain or and then on to America to be analysed by their 
intelligence bodies and so they need basically a clean skin and a clean skin is someone who has got no connection to the military no connection to the intelligence services and is unknown and so they find this gentleman uh, called Greville Wynne who has got had dealings in the in the Soviet bloc countries he's a businessman he's a has owns factories and he has been to Hungary and he's been to other places and so they've, he was approached by the intelligence services to say, would you go to Moscow um, to set up a trade delegation? And while you're there, could you just bring this one thing back for us? And then starts this, in, this relationship where he meets this contact in Russia and then he starts to bring microfilms and documents and other things back from Russia to Britain to be passed on to the intelligence services. And you see how this relationship develops between this sort of apparently, you know, a, no proper Englishman and this sort of Russian colonel and how they their relationship is sort of built between by this um, spying. OK. All right. Cool. So now this obviously starts then they come about as the Englishman. And yes. yeah, and obviously he's sort of front and center. If, even though from what I hear, it's kind of it's more of a two-hander between these two people. Yes. And, yeah, and um, obviously this is Sean. You've seen this as well. Yes, and, I've seen this. Yes, and this is a period that I think both of you are well versed in. I think versed you, in, yeah, yeah. You lived through it. You, yeah. you don't look at, so. Well, what did you think of this? Well, for me, um, yeah. I mean, I love. Uh, I guess all these these Cold War things. I mean, it was. I was. I was a little bit younger then, but. Um, Obviously, it still has that feel, and I love those films. It's in the mould of Tinker Taylor's Shoulders Five of Seventy One. It's that very sort of dark, yeah. grainy sort of, uh, should we say, sepia-toned, you know, world. You know, where it's like, you know, it's not vibrant colours and everything like that, and it's all very, very, very downplayed. I thought, for me, I, I yeah, I, I, I really, really, really liked this film. I, I thought it was was excellently played. Um, I thought. Benedict Cumberbatch was superb, really. And uh, I mean, I, I'm not a major, major fan of his, but I think he played the part really, really well, especially the latter part of the, the when sort of things happened. Um, uh, the CIA agent didn't quite, was, wasn't quite as convincing as I think she could have been. That's, she seemed a bit modern for the times, but the stuffy old men in suits were definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely, um, <laughs> definitely spot on for that time you know they were so you know the the ones that oh oh i said chap he's a jolly good chap you know what i mean i say <laughs> top hole true blue all that sort of stuff but yeah um and but i think the focus was like sharon said the relationship between the two wasn't it between the russian yes. and and himself and he's like and i had to respect him for what he did because having based on a true story when he said you know he wouldn't he wouldn't do that to me so you know and yeah i thought it was i thought it was a class movie i really did i really enjoyed this so and sharon what, what were your thoughts on it yeah i thought it was very well done i think yes it does fall into that cold war mode um i thought in some ways it was reminiscent a little bit of like bridge of spies that where tom hanks is sort of goes into mm -hmm. east berlin yeah. whereas this was obviously definite russia and uh, when i was watching actually i was reminded in some ways about the first time i went to bulgaria because i went to bulgaria for the first time literally the year after communism fell oh. so when i went into bulgaria then we went with a church mission it was it was 
communist in all by name. So there was a scene where he first goes to the, when he first goes to Russia, he goes to the airport and he comes out of this Russian aeroplane and he walks across the thing and then he's called forward by this man in uniform and he's, they held up his passport and they have to go one by one and stand in front of this glass booth. And that's what happened to us when we went to Bulgaria. We, we had to go up one by one, stand in front of this glass booth with a with soldier in front of us, armed, and then he checked our passports and checked our visas, and then we were waved through again one at a time. We weren't allowed to talk to anyone. We had to, we were spaced out. And then several times when we were in Bulgaria, we were stopped by armed police, mm. where they would just like pull us over because yeah. we were often obviously Western, and they would be like, you know, yeah. fully armed, and yeah. and it was a different world. It was a different world, and you get that feeling of like, here's the West here's russia and it is not the same beast at all so yeah. i really like that sense I, of but when it was communist I've, I've got to go back a little bit here when i was communist yeah i flew aeroflot and when i was on the plane i met i met a, a russian guy and um he was said he was moscow he said oh oh you know you can come and stay you can come and stay with this obviously this is in the the cold war thing so anyway i gets off and you got the big they got those massive wide brimmed like the russians got huge big caps i don't know why oh well, yeah. the, the, the fur hats the military yeah. ones yeah and he looks at like me, so this, this is moscow and we did have to walk off the off the uh off the plane and walk to the the terminal and he just says to me visa and i'm like i haven't got one and they, they wouldn't anyway they cut long story short they wouldn't let me in but i mean <laughs> anyway that's so well, they, they sent you back yeah they sent, well they didn't send me back i was it was a flight i was going on to india it was just like a, a transit it was the transit one so. oh okay cool gotcha so it just yeah. it just happened to be the the landing place was in moscow but yeah it was i mean the airport was that it was just boxes you know what i mean it was just like wooden yeah wooden boxes there were no like posh lounges or anything like that it was nah. all very 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 uh sparse and okay. anyway all so, right, yeah. so, so, okay, so Sharon. Did it captured the mood really well, yes. I thought it captured yes. that feel and that mood of the early 60s. Again, it's like before the Beatles, so before um, that, the 60s yeah. exploded. This was like, you've got the feeling it was still post-war Britain, yeah. you know, where they'd only just finished rationing in the last sort of five or six years. I mean, because there was rationing in Britain right up to the mid-50s. Mm. And so this is like they're still bearing the scars of, you know, the previous sort of Second 20 World War, years. Yeah. And so it did to me, it got that mood really well. Cool. Mm. And so, um, so those final thoughts, how many stars would you give it? I'd give it a four. I oh. thought it was yeah, well constructed, well done. And I came, as soon as I came home, I wanted to look up about and find out a little bit more about them. So I did look up some um, news footage of, it, yeah. of the two gentlemen involved. Well, there's that little, little, little like footage of the end of the actual chap, yeah. isn't there? Which is great. Yeah, no, totally agree with you, Sharon. Really, this is a high four for me. I really, really like this movie. I thought it was 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 good in all aspects. Okay, and I'm just checking now, and I can confirm that even with Kemp Benedict Cumberbatch in it, The Courier is another film that View Redditch is refusing to show. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to do? Oh, for goodness sake. I don't, They're too I... darn populist. It's just like, no. It's like, it's yeah. Ah, uh, I'm beginning to wonder why I moved to this area of the country. And it, <laughs> quite frankly, anyway, so now we go back home to Netflix and Friends, and this is Sean with Run, Hide, Fight, fight. which Run, hide, might, fight. quite frankly, be the title of the of the week. Because <laughs> I think when, when you have like when you have essentially, if the if you had all these films on here and you said, okay, you have to watch one based on title alone, I think 
I think run, hide, fight would win for me of all the things I'm going to do. But so, Sean, tell me, does this film live up to its title? Okay, run, hide, fight. So, so let's put it this way. We talk about, you were talking about the time loop films, yeah? Yep. Like, yeah. The time loop films. Well, this is basic. It's not a time loop film, but it's basically, should we call this, um, in a, it's a school siege. So it's a school siege sort of thing with, with the holding hostages and this. And basically, this is die hard in a, in a in school a, in a school so it's basically yeah <laughs> so so it's basically yeah these hostages there's there's someone around who's um who like well, well it's this girl that manages she, she just happens to be out when things are happening or she, she's she's in the toilet and she so this is where the run comes from and hide and she's going about in this this siege sort of thing so yeah and obviously you know what what do terrorists have like um walkie-talkies you know they have walkie-talkies so obviously yeah. there's a, a a girl in one of these terrorist groups that just happens to you know tangle and obviously so she's got a got a radio you know got a radio that she can actually talk to the head of the terrorist you know hans gruber <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like yeah oh yeah so you're you're so yeah so so we've got well, this was it was it called was he called hans grauber <laughs> or something like, that. like something like that yeah so yeah, so you've got this. Um, you've got this. Basically, it is. I mean, it's, it's. She's running around the school, rescuing people and stuff, and and obviously more people get sent out and that. And uh, but there is. I tell you, there's character Tom James in this as the girl's father. Oh yeah. And um, well, I won't say what he does, but let's just say, you know, when he finds out about this thing, he he, he helps in. Has in, he got a particular set of skills? Uh, that's exactly He's what I'm Yes. Saying. Does he pick up a foot and go, I will find you and I will well kill you? Well, well done, well done. Yeah, not not quite not quite that much, but he's just he's he just happens to be uh with a certain set of skills that are needed for a certain scene in the film, you know what I mean, even though it might get him into trouble. So so yeah, so basically you've got this this um there's a few fights, a few traps, um and then well, basically, basically, it is diehard, you know, with a few. He's going, oh, you're really... In fact, I'm pretty certain, I can't remember why, but I, I thought there was one time when I thought, that is diehard. I'm sure that's from diehard. <laughs> I'm sure of it. But I, anyway, that was by the by, but I'm sure that was a, a, a thing from diehard. So, does, yeah. Does he, have but... to take a, does he have to take a shirt off and walk around in a bloody, in a progressively bloody vest? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I did have a few issues with this film when it came to, like, security guards and the stuff and the emergency services and things i you know i mean that was a bit uh I, yeah i had a few few issues there um and yeah but i mean on the whole it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad it, it, it kept me entertained as i say it's standard fare really it's just you know i can't say much more than you can imagine the story where you know members of the terrorist group or the hot they sort of wander off and things happen to them and yeah the, the main guy gets more and more cheesed off with what's going on you know and yeah, it's like oh and they, they picked away. the wrong person to mess yeah. with yeah they, they so... happened to invade the school they just happened to have <laughs> like hit girl hit girl was going to the school that's it yeah 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 and that's that's exactly what it is there's um i mean the acting's not too bad but again what i find difficult in some of these films is the punishment that people take and they still manage to get up and run go. And, and go around. And it almost doesn't like to see that, which was the issue I had with, with Black Widow. You know, I mean, it was just like, you, 
a body could not take that sort of punishment and manage to fight and manage to do this sort of stuff and manage to do all the stuff they do. You know, if they've been injured, if they're bleeding, if they're, it's gonna, it's gonna affect them. But it just seems that it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? So they get, they get injured, they get tripped, thing, shot, stabbed, blah, blah blah blah, whatever, and yet they can still function almost normally. You know, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe with, maybe with a little limp or something. Do you oh, know what I, mean? I was just, I was just about along. to say, Rachel Vice <laughs> did end the movie with a limp. So hey, come on, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yeah, fair, yeah. be fair. Okay, I'll be fair. I'll be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, did have she a limp did, after right. cra- <laughs> she crashed an airplane and walked out yeah. with a limp. All right, so I mean, yeah. yeah, okay. So we can we can forgive this, but yeah. <laughs> so I guess I guess the whole film it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great, um, but it wasn't horrifically bad so and i mean i do i am wondering but i think on the whole i'd probably have to give this a low three so Mm -hmm. it still get a three but it's not Mm -hmm. like it wasn't like a um a high three or mid three like we have we have these strange like fractions don't we yeah yeah we have we have the spectrum we have the spectrum (laughs) in it uh, that we decided that we have a spectrum in all the numbers apart from two (laughs) <laughs> two, two and one. The, yeah. the, I, I think a high two or a high one there. I, I think, I think, I think we, we did the other week end up with a very high zero. We which, did, yeah. <laughs> which Sharon was like, because we don't have any, that we'll give it a one. But I think we decided it was a very high zero. Yeah. It was a high zero by default. But it's funny, when you said Die Hard in a school, I just got this flash, this memory flash of a film called Toy Soldiers with Sean Astin in it. And... <laughs> Louis Lou Gossett Jr., which I've just looked up. It was made in 1991. And I remember watching this film and thinking, this is cool. This kid is, this kid is walking around this school that has been invaded by terrorists. And I, until this moment, I did not make the connection that it was a Die Hard ripoff. I did not make the connection. It's, it's released, what, Die Hard was, what, 1989? Or, Nine, yeah. yeah, 1989. This was, this was released 1991. So I'm like, oh my God, this is totally a Die Hard ripoff. They even have, they even have an older black guy for him to talk to on the other end of a radio. In Lucas and Junior, I was like, oh, oh. yeah, to- Toy Soldiers, Sean Astin. Uh, I've got to track that down because I remember liking that. I'm sure I'm going to watch it now and think that is just total rubbish. <laughs> You're no Bruce Willis. <laughs> and, all right, cool. And now for our bonus round, a bonus round, a fourth round that we did not expect to have today. And this is uh, we're going to go to cinemas and quickly, Sean, Snake Eyes. This is the Snake latest, this, the latest yes. attempt to reboot GI Joe. <laughs> This will be a rather quickie. Okay, basically starts off son and uh, son and father in this house, supposed to be a safe house. The house gets attacked. Run, run, you know, run, son, run, run away like that. And obviously the dad gets killed. So, and the next bit, that's the beginning. And then the next bit you see, he's basically, be- the son has grown up, become a bit of a street fighter. And this mafia guy says to him, you know, I want you to come and work for me. If you come and work for me, I'll give you the guys who, who, killed your father and all that so he's basically got a bender but anyway they want him to do something and he gets he, he meets this guy and he's he's the the yakuza bloke says oh you have to shoot him but he decides not to shoot him there's a big kung fu fight between the guy he was supposed to shoot and the guy he wasn't and the guy he was supposed to shoot is a leader of a big clan that is holding this magical gem so which the yakuza wants mcguffin alert yeah <laughs> so you know and then and and then it's it's like you know, it's it's a chase film. It's all about, you know, betrayal. You've got to pass these tests if you want to join the clan. And so you've got these these tests and and uh, the the leader of the clan is a, is a woman, an older lady. And she like she's 
<laughs> oh yeah, and then you've got oh sorry yeah, so you've got um in this clan you've got like I think she must be a British Chinese actress, and yet I looked at her name because I got this up because it's just something I was going to say, and it's somebody I think called Haruka Abe or something. But anyway, anyway, she's bloody awful, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely awful, really, really poor actress. I thought it was horrendous. I she just wasn't convincing. It was like, you thought I was going to say something good then. No, <laughs> terrible. Absolutely, absolutely. I was like, oh, no. She, how would you even like her? You know what I mean? She's, um, and have you ever heard an actor called called Peter Mena, Mensa? Peter Mensa? Yes, I have. Yeah, he's the blind master. So you've got all these characters. He's the blind master. Yeah. So you, you, you're going on to this real politically. You, you know, we've had these things in the smell where we say, oh, they like to make things really, really obvious. So, so you've got a blind master, you've got a, a, a hard taskmaster, and you've got a scene. Oh, you've also got like someone from Cobra. Now, Cobra's the bad guy. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you've got Cobra that is bad lot. So there's a girl from Cobra is like a secret agent, and you've got a, a girl from G.I. Joe, which I think is an, an actual character called Scarlet. Uh, that's played by Samara Weaving. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So, so anyway, the, and they're on opposite sides, so you're going to get the conflict and that. And then... Oh, so are you, are you talking about the whole thing where it's like, oh, you're going to have a client, and the, for some reason, out of all these people, the woman happens to fight the woman, and they have to fight, and they have a fight. So, so they have a fight, yes, but then, because things are going a bit pear-shaped, they say truce, and then you've got this scene where you've got the Isuko woman I was talking about, the old woman that's the leader of the clan, You've got the woman from Cobra and you've got the one from G.I. Joe, all four of them. And there's this one shot where they're all together. And like, you know, the bit where it's like, she's not alone. Oh, so essentially you know, the all, all, the women, all the women on screen. So, and... all the, yeah, take out hundreds and hundreds of blokes, you know. And I mean, it's just like totally, totally. <laughs> I thought, you know, we've got the old fan guns and they're all there. And they even do like a Charlie's Angels pose. You oh, know? good Lord. So I think, oh, good Lord. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So, yeah. So, um and I mean, it's just so in your face and so obvious, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Like we are making a point right now. Yeah, look at right us. Now, yeah, we, we look, are look, on look, the look right us, side you know? of history. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. The only good guy in it was the 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 chap from the raid. He's in it. He's one of the. He's oh, one of the he masters. Away. He's heavy master. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I like him anyway. I think. Another person who's underused. Yeah. But the the character, um, what's his name? Tahiro Hira is, I don't know, it's, the acting's awful. It's terrible. It's awful. Really, yeah. really bad. Well, really, said, really bad. Do you, mean, do you mean the main character, Snake Eyes himself? Snake Eyes, yeah. He's he's like... Yeah, because uh, no, he's, no, he's, he's played Henry by Henry Golding. Golding. Henry Golding, Henry Golding yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kenta is the uh, baddie. So, um, but it's like... No, they just weren't convincing. Oh, well, well, I'll, I'll tell you the big thing. Sorry, the, man. The big I mean, I didn't mind the other G.I. Joe stuff, but I didn't mind it, I seem to think. But this was... this was. But this is this is a film quiet. that nobody asked for. That's the, that's the thing that gets me. I, I don't see anybody clamoring watching G.I. Joe, any of the G.I. Joe movies, and going, <laughs> oh, wow, you know what? You know that guy with the mask that never reveals his face? We want to know more about him. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's have an origin story for that guy. I mean, I, I'm just kind of I'm like, I'm like, who 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 thought this was an idea? <laughs> who who, who th- you know what? Yeah, let's make let's 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 give that guy his own movie. I, I'm like, I'm like, I, to be honest with you, when I saw it, I was thinking, 
what that G.I. Joe thing from years ago with Channing Tatum. I thought that's the one, Channing Tatum. One. Yeah, because I thought fuck. that was going back a long time when they and the rock started. and the rock was in the, that the, as well. the rock was in the the rock was in the sequel yeah. in the sequel yeah he was, the rock was in the sequel and then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. it was like because they jump out of a plane he goes feel it like you I can't remember the thing but anyway yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. carry on sorry Sharon. but that's going back a long time though to suddenly yeah. resurrect presumably the franchise they're thinking well, we attempt... need a franchise we need a franchise people yeah, oh, I know a... just go find GI Joe. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't understand the thinking behind this at all. I, I don't understand how right. this film exists. I, I, you see, you know when you talk about the, um, Hollywood pitch meetings or how they decide what films mm. get made and how I say I would love to know what's happening in Amazon with them making all these time loop movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to know how the hell this film got made. <laughs> I want to know why. Why did you think it, it, it's like from a commercial point of view, GI Joe has not been a. Uh, uh, it has not been a a profitable franchise for franchise, a while. No. What made you think this is the toy line that we are going to go make a film <laughs> about? And I'm like, I just don't understand why this film exists. I don't. It doesn't make any sense on a creative level, on a on a commercial level. It doesn't make any sense. But but how many stars would you give Snake Eyes, Sean? Oh dear. Can I say a high two? Okay. <laughs> a high two. Yeah. Um, no. It was. It was. Um. Oh, it was. Uh, yeah, no, I just, yeah, let's let's call it a two. Let's call it a two. So, yeah, okay. two. Okay, all right, cool. And now we get on to back a final thing on Netflix and Friends. Oh, just before we finish, Sean, Run, Hide, Fight. Where did you watch that? Or what? what Sky, 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 Sky. Yeah, on right, the Sky cool. Cinema, yeah. All right. Cool. So this is something I watched on BBC iPlayer, and it's called I May Destroy You from Michaela Cole. And... So this is a film, oh, not a film, or a TV show that made a big noise and everybody was raving about at the beginning of lockdown. If you can cast your mind back to around about April 2020. And everybody was raving about this and saying, oh, I may destroy it. This is great. This is great. This is a brilliant thing. It's a whole brilliant revolutionary thing. That, oh, we need more shows like this that talk about more things like this. And um, and I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll try and give it a go. And I started watching it. And I, I watched a couple of episodes. And I was like, mm, yeah, well, whatever. Not... Mm, I, I couldn't really I couldn't really get into it and I've sort of gone back to it oh, little by little <laughs> over the last year and a bit to so sort of, until the bit where I finished finally finished watching it and the the idea behind this is that is um you meet Michaela Cole she plays a character a character called Bella or Arabella and um and she is she is like an in, uh, uh, a social media personality who's written a book that has actually become quite successful and she is writing a second book she's writing a second book one day um her so she has an agent and she has a publishing house her agents say you need to finish this book you can have an office and they let her go right there she's writing there her friends call out for a night out she goes for a night out and she wakes up the next morning she has a cut on her forehead she can't really remember what happened and she she can't remember what, she goes to the police and goes I think I saw something bad last night. I think I, I think I saw somebody go assaulted last night. And um, they say, "Oh, why is that?" I keep getting these flashes of this guy doing this thing. And as as they the more they talk to her, the more they realize that she didn't see somebody else get assaulted last night, but she was date raped, and that she was the one who was assaulted. And uh-huh. the reason she can't remember anything is because she'd been roofied, or like you know, she she'd had yeah. a drug, like she'd been sipped a drink that had something in it, and she couldn't remember it. And so that's the whole. That's where the, it starts off, and then the show sort of morphs into this weird thing where it doesn't really seem interested in following that one line and saying who did this or anything. 
it goes into a whole bunch of different directions about her friendship group and all that and were they complicit in this like the her friends who were with her who did who left her alone were they complicit in this like this thing actually happening and then she has a friend like a gay friend kwame and he has his own thing that goes on and then it goes into sort of like almost this sort of like gay app dating culture on um in london and what happens there and why do people have to do that and it, it deals with the fact that she is of Ghanaian descent uh, descent and it's kind of like you know how does how does that affect with the kind of life that she's living and and it has random episodes that go back into her childhood and then you find out like where um one of her friends one of the people who she's friends with now accused somebody else of sexual assault when they were in school and how that affected his life so what a lot of the stuff you read about this show is it, it talks about or it says that it's 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 an exploration of consent and what consent means in today's day and age and what happens to all these different things and it does do this but it, it means that it's quite hard to keep a track of what exactly is going on <laughs> and it, it's quite hard to keep a track of okay why are we going this we did this in the last episode where are we going now with this uh, okay is this going anywhere is this good that she goes off to italy because there's some guy that she knew in italy and then there's a friend of hers who uh, when they comes to visit her in italy and uh, when she when uh, she's in italy ends up having like a ends up having a threesome and uh, but then there's a whole thing of like she has a threesome but what actually happened there did the guys who did they know each other before she had this if they did know each other was there a problem with that there's a bit where a guy who is gay sleeps with a woman and the way she finds that she's gay she's she says how dare you that's like that's tantamount to rape not telling me that you were gay and it's like is that really if if that it essentially goes all over the place it goes all over the place it goes into a whole bunch of different things and it's as I said, I kept going back to this show over the last year, trying to finish it off. And it wasn't until it got to the final episode. And I think in the final episode is the bit where it really, really does do something that is a little bit revolutionary. That is, is the final episode that it does something that it was set up. This whole thing was set up to be like a revenge thriller or mm. to like or to be like a, 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 a cop show where we try to track down what exactly happened or go... But it's in the final episode and the way the, the show concludes is what really sets it apart from anything else. Because to be honest with you, I found it hard going as it took me over a year to finish watching <laughs> yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I found it hard going because I was like, I am not sure what you're trying to tell me. I do not like these characters. I do, <laughs> I do not like these characters. I do not like the situation. I do not like what you're doing. Please get to the point. And but it's not until it's the final episode that um, that I'm like, okay, cool. Now I see what it is that you're trying to say. Now I see what it is you're trying to say and what you're trying. Let me put it this way: this is a show that has multiple endings, <laughs> and it's and it's uh, yeah, it's a show that has multiple endings. So I, and I think a big part of the reason why I probably didn't get into it is because I'm just no longer young. Mm. Let's be honest. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not young anymore. This nightlife that they're talking about is not one that I recognize. This the, the kind of things that they're into is not something that I recognize. The way they use social media is not something I'm into, and uh, and so I so it's almost kind of like a window into a different world of what the world is like now. But I think um, for for a large part, I was kind of like this film. This show is totally overrated. I have to be totally honest. A large part, I was like, this film, this show is totally is overrated. There's too much noise about it. I don't get it. <laughs> the final episode is the one that I think that stands out and that it sort of like makes everything else go, okay, cool. This has been elevated. This has been elevated so much so that I would give this a low four. Low four, right? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a low four because I have to admit there's about 
10 to 12 episodes. I can't remember exactly the number why, but uh, I found it trying getting through. I felt like there were some interesting things. There were some interesting sort of back it, and forth. What's it, what's it called again, Toast? I May Destroy You. I May Destroy You. It's right, called okay. I May Destroy You, and it is that is the second best title of the week. After yes. Run, Hide, Fight. <laughs> yeah, so run, Hide, Fight. Run, Hide, Fight. I May Destroy You. <laughs> I've got to put up the cell skills. I will find you, and I will kill you. <laughs> it sounds like we're writing a script for like yeah. a Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> yeah. Run, Hide, Fight. I May Destroy You. Go. And it's... Uh, yeah, so so I would give it a, 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 a for a large part. I just didn't get what the point of this thing right, was, okay. and I and it just went off in all sorts of random different directions. But I think it's because Michaela Cole, who wrote it, stars in it and directed it. Um, she recently won a BAFTA for the show. Uh, I think it's because she is really interested in e- examining a whole bunch of things that are in culture right now about when you cancel somebody, should you cancel them? <laughs> that kind of stuff it, what is up in there who's actually to blame here like uh, is it this person who has done the act or is it this person and even the way it ends it asks a real big question of as to who is to blame here and it's and yeah i think the the final episode has caused a lot of people a lot of thoughts but um mm. yeah so i'll give it i'll give it a four i'll give it a four out of five right and that is it we have gone to the end of the show for this week would you guys like to guess who has accrued more points, like in this league table? Of I Netflix? think it's, I think I think Netflix and Friends has probably just nicked it with that that last four. Yeah, because I give the two to the. I think we've only had one two, which was GI Joe. So I figured. That, yeah, that's taken. Yes, I think you're right. I think it's home viewing has won. Okay, so you see now, if if we had had our usual format, and if. Sean hadn't gone to the cinema to watch one more film. <laughs> <laughs> if Sean hadn't gone to the cinema, if, we, if we'd only done three films, three films at the cinema, three, three films on Netflix and Friends, it would have been a dead heat. It would have wow. been a, like, so after three rounds, there were, we had accrued 10 points for Netflix, 10 points for cinema. So and, uh, as it is, with Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes has dragged everybody down like <laughs> I could have predicted it would before we even did <laughs> a thing. It's dragged everybody down, it's ruined everybody, it's ruined the party for everyone. And we now have Netflix this week as one with 14 points in total for an average of 3.5. We're leaving cinema with 12 points in total for an average of 3. So, <laughs> okay. Yes, thank you very much. If you watch any of these things and you want to let us know what you thought, please do get in touch with us on all sorts of social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, that's Netflix vs. Cinema. And we will get in touch with you, give you a shout out, and maybe even get you on the show to tell us exactly why you think we were so wrong. Yeah, all right. Do. Who never knows? Who never knows? So until next week, when, I, when we shall go and see whether we can convince cinemas to show us some films we want to watch, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye.